0: Hi, I'm Dave Miller at DriveWithDave.com. I get to drive some of the fastest, coolest, sexiest cars on the planet. Ever since I bought my first Ferrari, I've been immersed in the global car community. Now I travel the world uncovering the hidden gems in luxury transportation and connecting with extraordinary car enthusiasts. Join me as I find the most exotic cars, meet the owners, and get the behind the scenes stories of the world's most exclusive rides. I've always admired my guest's car collection, cars well chosen to include the latest Ferraris, vintage Maseratis, and such. And my guest is also passionate about car racing as well, spending a good bit of time behind the wheel of a Chevron. So, how does a guy go from selling cars and working on the floor of the Chicago Auto Show to where he is today? Somehow, my guest realized selling cars wasn't getting him to where he was going, but maybe the exhibit industry might just be his thing. So, in 1998, with his business partner, launched Catalyst Exhibits. Catalyst Exhibits started with four employees, a $400,000 in revenues, and today 165 employees, $60 million in revenue, serving clients worldwide. Offices in Chicago, San Francisco, Boston, Munich, all over the place. You know, I love shortcuts. Tim Ferriss likes the word hack, but I think the word shortcuts is a bit more mm, concise. Not those shortcuts like cheating off an exam paper, but the ones that keep you from having to reinvent the wheel when somebody already knows where the spokes go. Lots of successful people hide what they do, but my guest today is just the opposite, always willing to talk passionately about his cars, car collections, what he's buying based on the state of the market, and happy to share some thoughts on how to succeed today in business. My friend, Tim Roberts, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Dave.
0: Tim, I noticed on your bio, and I quote, Interests include cars, car racing, watching, car racing, doing, car collecting, car rallies, car auctions, car shows, car buying, car selling, and car travel. Did I miss something, or are you into cars, Tim?
1: Kind of focused on the car thing, <laughs> <laughs> and and do thoroughly enjoy it.
0: Were you interested as a kid in cars? would you pick this up?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, no, always as a little kid, matchbox. I mean, matchbox cars. I mean, Corvettes, uh, uh, everything, all the way through. And started, like I said, this isn't a midlife crisis with me. I mean, I've been this way forever.
0: Uh-huh, so it's an early life crisis
1: absolutely like at age four
0: did you get this uh, somebody in your family into cars your mom and dad i mean where'd you get the car thing
1: no no one it's uh pretty much just me i've always been drawn to mechanical things Hmm. uh and uh the car thing just fascinated me And, and early off too it was it was all uh domestic stuff it wasn't really any of the foreign cars or uh any of that type of thing it was all you know essentially you know Corvettes and Chevelles and Camaros and Mustangs and that type of thing.
0: I've been in and out of your cars. I've been to your garage. You have a wide appreciation for cars, but it seems these days it's the European stuff that pulls you. What was your, if you go back, was your first car a European car? It must have been an American muscle car. What was it?
1: <laughs> my first car was actually a 1968 Chevy van. <laughs> mm, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that was my first car. Which which could actually do a one-wheel burnout for like a mile. <laughs> what, so,
0: what? <laughs> it had a bad, bad trans or what?
1: <laughs> no, no. It, you know, there was no positive traction or anything like that. Uh. And it, it, when I had no weight in it, it was a 302 V8, and the engine was in between the driver and passenger. Uh and you just pop the clutch and light them up light it up I should say <laughs> awesome. and go forever
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that was your that was your first car obviously but but I I know Tim what you're into now of course and when did you say enough of one-wheel burnouts and let's get something serious? What was your first car you'd say it was really an exotic car? What was what was number one?
1: You know, number one was when I was 19, I bought a, a 1977 Corvette. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a real dark mid-light, midnight blue with a, a dove gray interior. And uh, that was probably my first, what I considered a you know, especially at that time, an exotic car. But Corvettes have always been on my list, and that was my goal. And uh, so, yeah, that was my that was my first first real car.
0: Was that up in Wisconsin?
1: Yeah, it was. Okay, because yep. you were you were yep. born
0: in Wisconsin, and I I know we'd had conversations about you. Uh, you swam and played water polo in high school. All the while maintaining a solid uh, 1.9 GPA.
1: Right, rock solid. <laughs> Maintained that all the way through high school.
0: So you bought a Corvette, and then you consider that your first exotic car. And then what what followed?
1: I've had numerous Corvettes after that one. So I had a, a what was it, an 82, a uh, 86, a 2000, uh, like a 2003, and they were all Corvettes. And then I jumped to uh, my first Italian car, which was a uh, 200360. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, that, that was my first, you know, what I would say, real exotic. So and that, was, that was in 2006.
0: So in 2006, you're driving down the road and you, par- you, you, you parked the car, you ran out of gas. What happened and suddenly you find yourself in an Italian car dealership?
1: You know, it was just one of those things, I guess, it's somewhat of a natural evolution. If you love cars, I mean, Mm. how can you not love Italian cars? I mean, they're phenomenal. Uh And uh, so I kind of got sucked in that direction. And, you know, I'm not a small guy, so it's kind of difficult for me to fit in some of these things Mm -hmm. very comfortably. But uh, you just can't beat the sound of, especially a 360, and I had a 2B exhaust on it. Oh, yeah. It was a spectacular car. and, and, And it always has a special place being you know your first italian car so i mean that that was a big deal
0: i gotta jump forward just i'm gonna skip some years here from that 2006 360 to to what you have today tell me a little bit about what you're driving these days
1: well it, it, a vast array i not that vast of a, a array but i mean i have a few modern cars i have a uh uh two thousand sixteen uh GTS nine eleven mm-hmm. uh which is a lot of fun to drive and looking forward to actually getting a uh G T three uh which would be great fun as well. And then um I did have a four eighty eight Ferrari and mm-hmm. uh got rid of that. I have a California T right now mm-hmm. uh that I'm driving and actually just the other day ordered a uh eight twelve Superfast. Um and then um a Cayenne Turbo, and yeah, that's that's uh, that's about it. Modern car wise, and then I have uh, a a small gathering of uh, older Italian cars, and then uh, a few race cars as well.
0: I'm going to segue into racing. You are, you you just brought this up, and I know you've you've had a good bit of seat time in race cars. You made the jump, as so many sports car people do, from driving on the road to driving on the track. Uh, How'd that come about?
1: Well, um, it was probably back, I started doing, I did a driver's school, a Ferrari driving clinic in my 360, Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, thoroughly enjoyed that, Uh, and then did some other driving schools and things of that nature, and then bought a uh, Alpha and started racing, vintage racing the Alpha and uh, enjoyed the events enjoyed the the racing aspect enjoyed the cars enjoyed you know the people and everything around it and just kind of then moved my way up from the alpha to a um uh, sports a um, s2 sports racer uh-huh. uh-huh and then then got a uh, another uh sports racer and then bought a uh, 1971 chevron b19 mm-hmm. which and that car was actually driven by Jody Schechter in 71 and 72 in South Africa. Um, so just kind of evolved into, into, into that, and I enjoy the competition th- uh, aspect of it. I enjoy all the elements of it. It's, it's really a, uh, it's a fun, fun event, fun thing to do.
0: Tim, you spent some time developing your driving skills, obviously. I know some of the tracks you've driven on, but um, what's, a, what's a favorite track of yours? What stands out? And I bet I know your answer.
1: <laughs> road america <laughs> ding, <Yeah>. ding ding ding, <laughs> yeah yeah it's just such a great old school track uh you know they don't make them that way anymore um i mean it's just one it's beautiful the elevation changes yeah. you know 14 corners it's a big big track mm-hmm. um and uh the history of the place is just fascinating and it's also you know relatively close a couple hours away yeah
0: yeah. You know, I, I, I also, and I hate to always use other people's lines, but I know that the acorn doesn't always fall from the tree. And I know your daughter Chloe had a great first track day at Road America. How'd that go?
1: Oh, it went spectacular. It was great. Uh, we I we have a, uh, a 2007 uh, fr- factory-prepared race car, a Mustang. And uh, she took that out, nice, big, safe car, roll cage, mm-hmm. all the stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, she took it out and actually did quite well passing the... Uh, Ferraris and Porsches and did did actually really, really well. And in, and not to be a little league dad or anything like that, uh-huh, she actually enjoyed uh-huh. herself. So <laughs> we're looking forward to doing some more of that.
0: Well, I, I hope that you've posted some pictures, and probably Chloe has, uh, on Facebook or someplace else we can take a, pe- a peek at her successes.
1: Yeah, we do have a few. We do have a few, and she looks, she looks good in the Mustang as well.
0: You know, Tim, obviously your successes in business have allowed you to fulfill your passion for automobiles. Uh, do do you see exotic cars as the reward for people's successes? What's your thoughts?
1: Well, you know, for me, it is. Uh, And for me, it's doing things I love. Like I said, I love cars, not a midlife crisis. I don't, I don't buy them because of, uh, uh, you know, to like show off or do anything of that nature. I just thoroughly enjoy them. Mm-hmm. And I thoroughly enjoy how they make me feel and also the the mechanical aspects of the cars and mm-hmm. and all the different things. And, and also the beauty of the cars too. Uh The lines that they carry and, and the thought behind them and the purposes that they serve. So um it's not a, like I said, it's not, it's just what I enjoy. So yeah, I mean, Business does give me, you know, the the opportunity to to purchase some of these cars, which which is just a, a nice way to sum it all up. I mean, it's just a it's a great opportunity, and I thoroughly enjoy it.
0: So many people have echoed your words, Tim. But you said something I found interesting too: is the purpose that you feel cars cars have in our lives? What what's your purpose? What do you think cars do for us?
1: Well, I mean, for me. Uh, and for everybody, it's different. For me, it's definitely not point A to point B. I mean, for me, it's actually, it's even a lifestyle. It's friends. It's, uh, you know, people like you, a diverse group of people, uh, that people that have money, that don't have money, that, you know, have so many different aspects in life that come from all different places. The common denominator is they love cars. Mm-hmm. You know, and whether you're driving a, a Volkswagen Beetle or, you know, a uh a uh, crazy Ferrari, you know, La Ferrari. Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. You can still sit down and talk and relate and and tell stories and do all that kind of stuff, and it's just a great thing. So it, it is truly a lifestyle. It's a passion, and uh, and like I said, one that uh, I I think is just great, you know, all the way around.
0: Everybody wants a lifestyle that they enjoy for their hard work, and I look I look over your bio. I've known you a good long time. How'd you go from selling cars? to transforming your, really your life and lifestyle through the hard work or the luck or the networking or what, what did you do to become where you are today?
1: Well, you know, it it was a combination of things and, and, you know, all the above usually plays a factor in it. Uh, um. Because I had a bit of a construction background, selling cars, I saw how the Chicago Auto Show was put together, and I was fascinated by it, and I've always been fascinated with marketing and so forth, and because a solid, like I said, a solid 1.9 in high school doesn't really get you into (laughs) advertising companies nowadays. (laughs) I had to approach it a different way, and the way I did was uh, watching, uh, like I said, watching the Chicago Auto Show being put together, and was fascinated by that industry, and spent spent about a year and a half trying to get into that industry and, and got into it and, uh, kind of worked my way up, um, uh, you know, the old fashioned way and, uh, just saw it. It's a lot of fun. It's something different every day. Uh, and it, it, I think it's a great, a great business being market marketing is always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just a, a one small element of marketing that, uh, I was able to, uh, Participate in.
0: I have to ask, you're going on 20 years now in your business or coming close. I think next year it's 20 years. Is that right?
1: Uh, it's actually coming up. Yeah. Yeah. It might be even this year. I'm almost afraid to count. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's okay. But it's we're not in a midlife crisis. No. But anyway, Tim, you made this leap over the last 20 years and that's everybody would say everybody's an overnight success until they look at all those overnights but did you have an aha moment did you suddenly say okay exhibits are cool at the chicago auto show i think i can do this differently what'd you do
1: yeah i mean we just thought we had a better better mousetrap i mean once i had to get into i had to get into the industry uh and then learn it and then we just came up with a little different approach a little better mousetrap and went out there and uh and are working it and still working it to this day. And and I think one thing, we, we're a humble group. We're, we feel like we've never arrived, and I don't think we ever will. So we keep on pounding, keep on looking for different opportunities, and keep on looking to do things differently and improve on what we do and how we do it.
0: You know, that's kind of interesting to me too, because one of the things that I find um, that a lot of people don't understand, and I, I don't want to go back and say uh, uh, young kids coming out of college don't have an angle on stuff, but you have a young daughter, Chloe, and if you had to step back, she's obviously uh, seen all of the fruits of your labor, but if you had to say to the people out there that are young people just getting out of school, this is knowing what I know about business now, what what would you mentor them what would you advise them to do perhaps differently than you did
1: differently than what i did i mean i would definitely go to go to college <laughs> <laughs> i didn't uh but i would yeah i would definitely do that and and i guess my biggest piece of advice overall which kind of seems to flow uh with whatever you seem to do is i mean you know you hit a wall you know once twice or whatever literally in my case you need to get up and keep moving forward uh you can't dwell on it. You got to keep on moving and hard work pays dividends. You know, like you said, uh everyone thinks it may be luck or whatever it is, but you truly make your own luck. If you're not out there networking, if you're not out there talking to people, if you're not out there making things happen, guess what? Things don't happen. And it's pretty much that simple. So it's pretty much, you know, hard work, focus, and just make things happen
0: somewhere along the line you must have stumbled what'd you do
1: you know like i said uh, we just have a philosophy here that we never thought that we've arrived Uh, you know like Mm. i said i still think that way and and that kind of ties into the whole car thing as well i mean racing there's always someone faster than you Mm -hmm. you know you could always take another second off you know you could always take you know hit that apex better there's always those same kind of things correlate all the way through, it seems to be, with what I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it, it's it's a bit irritating feeling like you're never quite there, but uh, it also, uh, I guess, it keeps your eyes open. I see a lot of, uh, especially I would say, a fair amount of millennials nowadays seem to, uh, they're busy high-fiving themselves. And uh, it's really, you're obviously at that age, you're way too young to do anything like that. And I truly believe that you need to keep on forging and growing and, you know, looking forward. It's uh and that's kinda what we've done and then before you know it, I mean that's the weird thing about this. And I take a look at twenty years and before you know it, it's like, oh wow. Well oh, I guess we actually put something together here. That's <laughs> not too bad. <laughs> you know? It's like, well, how did all that happen? Yeah. And you really look at it and you go, Well, that happened because we, we just never really thought that we're there or been there and there's people that we both know and, and a lot of people that have done much better than catalyst and so forth and and uh that's why i never think that we're there and there's much people that again that we know that drive much better than i do that you know and so i've never thought that i've arrived and i've always like to think that i'm out there learning and growing and uh you know it can be a bit irritating at times but like i said when you take a step back and you and you do actually look back and you go Oh, well, that's you know not too bad <laughs> so
0: and it's got to be kind of like cars you buy a you buy a three sixty and then all of a sudden that turns into a four thirty a four fifty eight a four eighty eight whatever it is you know what's interesting too is so many of your peers are just like you 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 love Ferraris, you love Italian cars, and yet at the top of the show, you had mentioned. The uh the P word, you had said that there was another car that you were looking for you own right now, you're looking forward to a faster. Well, what is it about Porsche?
1: You know, uh, Porsche's I, I have uh developed a uh, uh I should say a respect for Porsche's. I mean one is they're usable every day. Uh, I mean, you can have a GT three and drive it every day to work and do all sorts of different things. And it's just kind of a, it's like an everyday Ferrari, but the Porsches that they're putting together nowadays are just absolutely spectacular. I drove a GT three on Friday and, uh, what a great car. And, um, so, I mean, just all around, they're just spectacular cars and a Ferrari, especially here in the Midwest is a little difficult to drive every day. uh, from a number of different uh viewpoints but uh Porsche you can drive and have fun with and literally drive it all week long take it to the racetrack race it around drive it home and off you go. So I've actually developed like I said a respect for them and being that I love cars there isn't any one there isn't any one you know manufacturer that I'm locked into. Uh I just I truly you know, enjoy the differences. I mean, you take a look at a flat six versus a V12 and how people approach, you know, how they approach different problems. Uh, and how they solve them. I, th- I find it fascinating.
0: Well, let's talk about problems for a second, because I like to brag that I'm just as fast as anybody uh, in the straightaways. <laughs> if we have You are, thing, Dave. Uh, it's just the twisty bits. You are, with little... someone pushing you, absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm the guy with my four-way flashers on in the middle of the track. I'm doing really well. It's just the twisty bits. But you know what, Tim? When we talk about Porsche or Ferrari, or so many of the other manufacturers, now the 488 or the GT3 dials in cornering algorithms, software that. For you and stuff, and I used to, I used to think that I would spend a lifetime going around a track to hit that bet, best exit speed, and now the car does it for you so well. Is that good or bad?
1: You know, you know, and, and I, I thoroughly enjoy the differences. I mean, if you take a look at my seventy-one B nineteen Chevron, uh, you know, it doesn't get much. Much more old school than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean it's it's brakes, it's you know, carbureted, it's it's all that and you go around and there's that rawness of of a real race car and lack of any electronic controls. But then you also drive a four eighty eight around the racetrack and air conditioned comfort and you're just turning the wheel with your you know, just little minor adjustments and phenomenal brakes and you know, it's shifting for you, it's doing all the above. The differences, I just, I I sit down after doing that, and actually, when I was up with Chloe at Road America, pretty much did that. I did exactly that. Took out the Chevron, took out the GT3, and I was kind of like, wow, that is amazing. Mm -hmm. So I just find it fascinating. I don't think either one's good or bad. I mean, it's kind of the evolution, but it's fascinating and fun to experience the differences.
0: You know, Tim, one of the things that worries me a good deal is back at the beginning of the 20th century, horses were the mo- mode of transportation. Everybody rode a horse, and now horses are just used for fun. Is that is that going to happen to the cars? Today's gasoline engine automobiles, where is it going to be in the future?
1: You know, I think it actually is, Dave. I, I think that, uh, you know, you're driving in the city, you're going to hop in a, into a pod and that pod's going to take it from A to B. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, when you want to go out and actually drive, there's going to be country roads or it's going to be a, I, I, I. to be honest with you, I think it's going to follow exactly the way horses went. I mm-hmm. mean, there's going to be horse events and horse racing and, well, there is and all that, and it's going to be the same thing with cars. I, And a lot of it makes sense. I mean, if you're in the city and, like I said, going from point A to point B, do you really care? You know, if it's, uh, you know, in a Ferrari or in a Porsche or whatever it may be, or you just want to get there. Right. And, uh, pretty much everybody just wants to get there.
0: Right. Quickly. So you can still take your car to um, the Autobahn or the Thermal or someplace like that and have a great time with it and then not have to worry about driving the car. And...
1: Right. And and I think people are, are going to enjoy, you know, they'll probably enjoy country drives more so than they ever would before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think as far as day-to-day practicality, I think that's definitely where it's going to go, and it's probably going to be safer and it's probably going to be quicker. Mm-hmm. And overall, it's going to be much more efficient. I mean, it makes a lot of sense.
0: So what strikes you as useful about self-driving cars? Is that the time in the car? You can read the times, or you can read a book, you can talk to friends. What's, what's going what's gonna to make our life better with self-driving cars?
1: Well, I think efficiency. I think, you know, you're probably Probably going to avoid a lot of the traffic jams and and things of that nature, which traffic in Chicago is always an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you're going to be able to multitask and do more things. I mean, when you're working, you're going to be able to work, and the time in the car essentially won't be wasted. So I think, like I said, from a day-to-day standpoint, it's going to have great benefits. Uh, but I think also in a lot of ways, it's going to help the automotive industry because when people are people want to drive, they're going to want to drive. Mm-hmm. which is kind of fun. You're not going to be, like I said, stuck in traffic and doing all the miserable stuff when you know a self-driving car can essentially handle all that. But when you want to go on the open road and have some fun, you can actually do it. So I, I, I think it's, it's a good evolution.
0: So let's talk about this fun thing. And I'd I love to ask this question. It tells me more about my guests than anything else. Money, no object. You win the Powerball. Somebody gives you a billion dollars. What one car would you own if money was no object, Tim?
1: You know, I've always loved the Ferrari Lusso. And it's not the most expensive car, Mm -hmm. but I love, I've always loved the Mm Lusso. And it's in the era that I love. um, uh, Yeah, I, I would go and buy the best number of lusos around it's not the rarest ferrari or anything like that but i think it's just the coolest ferrari
0: that's a pretty cool car no question a 250 series just about anything are wonderful automobiles no question and yep
1: and and, and a phenomenal interior
0: oh yeah the nice cars i love that that uh that tachometer in the middle of the dashboard. That's yeah, that's yeah. as good as it gets. I was in one not too long ago, just last year. And, you know, Tim, with all of your offices around the world, and I know you love cars and travel, can you share some of your favorites of events? Is there something you think is a don't miss? I think this is cool. People have got to do it. What do you think?
1: Well, I think, you know, I think one of the most underrated events is right in our backyard, which is the Hawk, mm-hmm. uh, mid-July up at El Car Lake mm-hmm. uh, at Road America. An absolute phenomenal event. You'll see cars from all over the world. You'll see racers from all over the world. Uh, just a spectacular event, not only on the track, but in the paddock. Mm-hmm. So that, I think, is a great event. Uh, I love the historic Monaco Grand Prix, mm-hmm. and uh, I like the historic Monaco Grand Prix much more than I actually like the, the Grand Prix itself. Um but the historic one is just absolutely phenomenal. And and also, too, I think another event that kind of ranks right up there that people really don't know about, but SVRA, I think coming up next weekend in June, has a historic event at uh, the Indy 500. Um, and that is just an absolute event, a spectacular event, again, with the cars that you see and the ability. You used to be able to have an actual race on the oval, Which I participated in, which was spectacular. brought brought a little tear to my eye, but uh, uh, you know, but that that's just some super cool stuff.
0: And SVRA, remind our listeners what that is
1: sports car vintage racing association
0: you know tim we live in a a changing world economically culturally the things that have made you successful in life seem to be the things that everyone aspires to and my i guess my last question is a question i also like to ask you've done so many wonderful things in your life everyone has aspirations what do you want to do next and how are you going to do it
1: you know um that is a great question a very difficult question i thoroughly enjoy what i'm doing now uh, again, the ability to do it better, faster, um, you know, and, and bigger is something that we strive for every day. So, uh, that's, that's my immediate thing. Do it, do, do it faster, do more of it, uh, and do it better. Uh, and that kind of holds true with, uh, the car thing. So the car thing I'm not done with by any stretch of the imagination. I've, I feel I've just started, um, um, both in racing collecting and and uh, all the way through, so there's tons of stuff to learn more and more to do, so I'm fairly entrenched hobby wise in the in in cars and uh business wise and and uh, that type of thing. You know we love what we do here at Catalyst, and our goal is to be bigger and better every day so i'm I'm entrenched in all that for the foreseeable future.
0: Tim, if folks would like to contact you or talk to you a little bit about Catalyst Exhibits, perhaps get a quote, what's the best contact for you?
1: Probably the best way to get a hold of me is uh, email, and that's at troberts at catalystexhibit.com.
0: No S on the end, just exhibit.com.
1: Correct. No S.
0: Car collector, race car driver, extremely successful businessman. Tim Roberts, my friend, I want to thank you for taking your time with us today and giving us a little bit of your thoughts on automobiles, on business, and what the future holds. Um, I will catch up with you in Chicago, and I'm looking forward to a drive in that 812. Congratulations on that order, by the way.
1: Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening today, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Let us know what you think. Go to drivewithdavepodcast.com and find out how to leave us a review on iTunes. I hope it's a good one which we would very much appreciate. And there's a way to email us your questions, comments, and who you want on the show as well. All the episodes of Drive With Dave podcast are on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. And an overview of all the shows with links can be found on drivewithdave.com. Don't miss an episode. When you subscribe to the podcast, your device will be automatically updated with the new episodes and old ones will be removed after you've listened to them. No work required. And finally, I hope you also check out our bi-monthly newsletter, which will keep you in the know and you can sign up at drivewithdave.com.